Welcome to Punta Vista Socialist Club, episode 47. That's right, the show's uh, in midlife crisis territory. show's getting a bit old, getting a bit long in the teeth. Mm. Um, it's thinking about buying a convertible. Maybe uh, divorcing its wife. Shacking up with a young lady who's only interested in money, only interested in the show's money. Unbelievable. What do you think of that, Ben? Uh, it's a very detailed narrative. I'm mainly, I'm sorry, I was just in a sort of a reverie there because I, I got very sad immediately the moment that you started the show that I had gotten two very fantastic burps out right before you started doing the intro, <laughs> not realizing the intro would come so soon and now I feel like I wasted them. Well, you, yeah, you could have had them on record. I could have, yep. could have had them on record, but you missed out. Ah, shame. R.I.P. those burps. Uh, yeah. We'll never see their like again. <laughs> Uh, and how are you, Lucy? I'm I'm good. Do you write these little intros early? Nope. Do you come prepared with these? Got a little narrative set up? Nope. I start completely blank, and whatever just flits into my brain as I start speaking. It feels uh, like you spice this one up a little. It feels like you're trying to break up the formula. Oh no, absolutely not. No, mm. I just like to um. I didn't want to go back to the well of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy joke about. I honestly uh, think we could keep doing that something. while we while the number starts with a four. Yeah, and possibly even beyond. We should be doing that. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll bring it back at some much later point. Yeah, um, when it stopped being funny and then hence becomes much more funny. When we get to episode four hundred and twenty, bring it back then. <laughs> oh God, uh, I hope we don't get to episode four hundred and twenty. <laughs> Guys, we're getting scarily close to 69. Ooh, spicy. Uh, and of course, we have Theo. Theo, I have a question. Hey. Well, don't jump in until I ask the question. <laughs> Calm I'm down. just trying to show enthusiasm. But, oh, Calm the oh. fuck down. Too Please enthusiastic, Please don't even Theo. jokingly chide him because it'll absolutely <laughs> destroy him as a person. <laughs> be up for hours. He'll be up for hours. I don't even know what my question was going to be now. Oh, my question was going to be, Theo, have you read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book? Uh, uh, of course I have. Yeah, I thought so. They're very good. No, then. Are they? Yeah, they still hold up. They're still very funny. <laughs> Douglas Adams was a, a wonderful wordsmith and a very hmm. smart man. I, I, don't, I do not remember laughing. <laughs> you don't what, have specific what? recollections of you lounging in a chair? Reading a sentence. Okay, well, y- you huh. you joke, but like I have those specific recollections for like Catch Twenty Two. Um, See, I gave up halfway through Catch Twenty Two. Oh, I everyone does. This might <laughs> indicate the levels of intelligence with which we are approaching these books mm. and life in general. Yes, I'm oh, just that, stubborn. That. I've, I've read the whole <laughs> thing uh, twice. You've read Moby Dick. I've read like forty percent of it on my uh, on my Kindle. Um, oh, I got to about seven percent, I'd say, maybe even less. Mm. I, I quite I, I quite enjoy it. I, I thought it was much more whimsical than uh, than you would expect well, for a book of I don't its reputation. Up to the whimsy. It starts with whimsy. Every single year, I check to see if I'm smart enough and old enough, wise enough, <laughs> with a strong enough body of knowledge to read smart people books. And every goddamn year, I find out that I'm not. Well, how have you guys gone with Ulysses? Oh, I read it in a weekend. <laughs> I understood all the references. Mm. Didn't even have to look them up. Uh, I've heard of it. I know. I've I've absolutely heard of it. I'm a bit I, of a Joyce head. That's the uh, that's the book oh, that God. defeated me. Did you try? 
Yeah, 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 twice. Were you reading one of the maybe, versions maybe where three it, times. it's got footnotes telling you what every throwaway sentence is a, a reference God, to? No. Well, then surely that'd take like twice as long. Yeah, but surely I, without it, it's yeah. indecipherable. I need the references personally. I'm trying to think of the last um, even remotely smart person book that I read. Uh, yes. and in fact, I was struggling to even think of the last book that I read, which is not a great sign. That's <laughs> Fantastic sign. Mm. I did read a book recently called uh, well, One Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. That sounds um, like a smart person book. Well, yeah, but luckily it's really short. so That goes a long way. Yeah, very, very... Um, it's, it's like dreary but uplifting. It's a uh, like a guy in a gulag in Stalin's world, you know? And the whole thing is uh, is just being like, oh, I've just been holding on to my little worm-ridden piece of bread for a while. <laughs> oh, now I have to go on work detail in the snow for 80 hours. Cheery stuff. Cheery mm. stuff. Uh, but beyond that, I basically read Stephen King books because there's enough of them. And uh, that's what I like. And I don't really have that much time to just sit down and read a book. I uh, I had a week without internet. Uh, oh yeah, and I read like a million books in that time. I'm trying to force myself to actually get into the habit of reading again because guys, it turns out it's really nice. You get all That's this. True. You get a lot of. Sometimes they're funny or whatever. Sometimes they've got knowledge in them. But the most important thing is that when you're staring at it and getting these funnies and the knowledge, there isn't a thousand people screaming bad news or insults at you, while you're also looking at the words. Uh, which is what happens every time I go onto the internet. Uh, yeah, so fair. it's it's relatively relaxing. It's kind of the opposite of being online. Yeah, like while you're looking at the words, there's nobody standing next to you telling you who the person who wrote the words raped. Absolutely. No one yep. is whispering uh, Vonnegut was a pedophile into my yep. ear while I'm yep. reading whatever the fuck the book was that I was reading. Uh, mm. For the record, I don't believe he was a pedophile. That was just an example. <laughs> well, actually, maybe I should just maybe I should skip right ahead because there there was a question from friend of the show, Legends of Lucas, oh. who asks, um, "I met is that there lovely a- gentleman in real life. What a nice oh, there man!" There you go. There you go. Uh, nice, nice young man, who asks, "Is there a book, game, TV show, or film you're reading, playing, watching at the moment that you would recommend?" Oh, um, ooh, ooh. for yeah. me. I just finished reading uh, Ian M. Banks's last book, The Hydrogen Sonata. Oh, so you do read books? I never said that I didn't. <laughs> uh, it's very good if you've read the other ones of his books. And if you haven't, this is just a general recommendation for his culture novels. They're all fucking fantastic. He's a big, big fat communist and he's very, very funny, uh, very smart. And his books are good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about you, Theo? Um, uh, because I can't actually think um, whole thoughts with my brain uh, as I approach the end of the uni semester, I'm actually reading Lord of the Rings again, um, like a huge teenage nerd. Uh, so Where are you up? check them out. If you haven't heard of them, uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, little books, you might like them. Hmm. Um. Well, I would say that if if you have been wondering to yourselves, 
is the 2017 remake of the classic 90s um, uh, death-related thriller Flatliners any good? I can let you know that the answer is no. <laughs> I didn't even know they were doing a remake. It's wild. They did a remake uh, starring Ellen Page. What? And a, starring Ellen Page and castmate Lucy's boyfriend, Diego Luna. Ooh. I mean, he's Ooh. also my boyfriend. I don't know why you're giving him exclusive to Lucy. Polly. We are not. He would not be Polly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if you want to go that far into date- detail, you're also not really dating. So go fuck yourself. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that was. I feel terrible now. <laughs> if you guys would like to watch a movie in which Diego Luna says, you have gone too far, and then also just keeps doing the thing himself, um, you know, go for it. Also, like a lot of remakes, I really like it when uh, they take the original concept and then just over-explain it and show you uh, all the details. So, great stuff all around from 2017's Flatliners. I would say, though, that I did enjoy, uh, recently watched Ridley Scott's uh, recent All the Money in the World, which was that uh, story of the, uh, what's his fucking name, Um, John Paul Getty... The third getting kidnapped in the seventies. Um, and how much money does that turn out to be? Well, uh, it turns out that um, when the when his sixteen year old um, most favoured grandson gets kidnapped, they say to John Paul Getty, um, "Hey, you should pay this ransom." And he goes, "I got an idea. No." And then uh, all the reporters say to him, "Oh." Are you, are you going to pay the ransom? And he goes, oh, I got a lot of grandkids. I pay the ransom on one. All of a sudden, I'm paying all these ransoms. Uh, and they say, how much money is your grandson worth to you? And he says, ah, none. Uh, so it's fun stuff. It's good stuff. Hmm. Got, Mich- got Dawson's Creek's uh, Michelle Williams in it. Oh, yeah. always a, a pleasure. Michelle Williams. Oh, a very and good And a Christopher turn. Plummer. Oof. Well, if, if we all recall, uh, Christopher Plummer was brought in at the 11th hour to replace uh, one Kevin Spacey. Oh. Yeah. So he, that's Was he sick or something? Yeah, he was feeling a little off. Yeah, he that. sprained his ankle yep. during filming uh, while tripping over to approach an underage gay man. <laughs> <laughs> sprained his ankle while he was tripped over and uh, loudly announced that he is actually gay, and that's all everyone remembers. Um... Yeah, that was the movie where, uh, during Kevin Spacey's scandal, um, like Ridley Sorry, is Scott... That, is that a French word you just said? Scandale. 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 Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's how it works, <laughs> yeah. They, um, they, Ridley Scott um, pulled it at the 11th hour and reshot every scene that had Kevin Spacey in it with Christopher Plummer in it instead. And I gotta say, having watched the movie, you sure as shit can't tell. Um, there are other movies where you can very much tell that extensive reshoots have taken place. Um, for example, I don't know if any of you ever watched the the Josh Trank Fantastic Four movie. Uh, no. Is that no. the, the, like the mid-2000s one? No, it's the very recent Jessica one. Alba? Oh, um, God, no. that's right. No. They did two of the Jessica Alba ones, and they both had Chris Evans in them, who uh, survived and became Captain America. Um, but no, they did one a couple of years ago that, uh, that they got Josh Trank to direct, and he's the guy who directed Chronicle, which oh, was, that. yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was like a found footage movie, but like a found footage superhero movie. Bunch of British teens me. get, uh, mind powers, and one of them oh. goes 
They full... weren't British. Weren't they? It had uh, another of Lucy's boyfriends, um, Michael C. Johnson. Is that his name? Well, I don't Michael C. British. Hall? No, Wait, the guy. Who are you talking about? The dude from Creed, you know? Uh, oh, Michael Creed. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, not Michael oh, C. Johnson. My. Who the fuck is that? Goodness gracious. That's are you like just mixing the together some black names? That's like the half price version of Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Michael I can't C. afford Johnson. Michael B. Jordan. You got any Michael C. Johnsons? I was trying yeah. to remember his name. Come on, give me a break. We got a couple. Um, uh, but yeah, it's got uh, that dude in it and um, that that weird kid with the weird face. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I like the concept. It was very, it was well received, and they got him to do this Fantastic Four movie. And there was lots of scandal about him apparently being like fucking hammered on set and destroying trailers and all this sort of stuff. This is the director of the movie, by the way. Um, and so they did a whole bunch of reshoots without him. So there's a very distinct point in the film at which the film massively changes tone um, and what's her name? Kate Mara or something who plays Invisible Girl. Um, She's all of a sudden very clearly wearing a wig because (laughs) this was months (laughs) after they had finished shooting the movie and they got her to come back and she had already totally changed her hair, its color and cut it off and everything. And they were like, here, take this ill-fitting rust-colored wig, plonk it on. It did have uh, Toby Kebbell as Doctor Doom, who was uh, he was the the hot junkie dude from Guy Ritchie's Rock and Roller. Oh, he is hot. I know, right? Ugh. I quite liked that movie. I just watched it again I recently because I, I had a memory about it, and I was like, "Yeah, Rock and Roller, underrated." I wonder if it's Guy Ritchie's movie. ever is Guy Ritchie ever going to do a, like a, a sequel movie again? Like he I hope he doesn't do make any more movies. Movie? I think he, he should stop making movies since uh, King Arthur, which was incredibly bad i've not seen king arthur i'm it's not going to literally see king like arthur. a king arthur story with a rock and roller soundtrack Fuck and it yeah. is really it sounds good but it's so bad i'm gonna watch that and then argue with you about it i don't know if you will i like bad movies and this is like this is beyond anything mm. and it's got charlie hunnam it's just it's just all bad oh everything with charlie hunnam and it's bad not true not true Let's not get into another spirited defense of Pacific Rim. Like Unless you're thinking of something else with Charlie Hunnam in it that's good. Pacific shit. Excuse <laughs> me. Can we never, ever talk about this for the good of our relationship as <laughs> podcasters? Pacific Rim? No. No. Pacific Rim. Wow. Is that better or worse? Uh, I haven't seen the sequel, though. It's all right. Anyway, these are all things that um, dear friend of the show, Lucas, can uh, watch or not watch. Yeah, really. the first three things that were mentioned. No, 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 not even that. The first two things that were mentioned, check them out. Uh, yeah. The next 27 things that we talked about. <laughs> Do I get an answer? Or are we just nope. going to skip and moving on. We're women's skip opinions? The next segment. We just don't want any women's opinions. Hang oh, on. I, also, I also watched um, uh, Pixar's Coco <laughs> with my kids the other day. Made oh, me cry a little. Got okay. Me. So, fucking, when I was Got flying me. back from Japan, uh, I had, a, like, a really... I flew Jetstar, which was a massive mistake, and it was an overnight flight, and I can't sleep on planes normally, let alone in a tiny fucking Jetstar seat. So, I had two whiskeys in short order and two Xanaxes, <laughs> uh, which I don't have very often, uh, and then I couldn't sleep anyway. So, I... My brain has turned to fucking mush. <laughs> I am wide awake, but... 
completely asleep at the same time. And I'm like, oh, I should watch a movie. Oh, that's right. Uh, friend of the show, other Ben, uh, told me that Coco is very good. I'll put Coco on. Uh-oh. I watched it and I cried like a fucking baby for the last 10 minutes. Just like weeping, huge fat tears. Fucking beautiful, lovely movie. I can't remember it because my brain had turned to dust. Uh, mm. But 10 out of 10. <clears throat> Well, I got I got double dosed by that movie because um, I had just that morning uh, gone out with my with my kids with my family and um, we're getting getting the kids a treat and uh, my four year old the older one was like who you had banned I, from playing guitar who what <laughs> that's the the thing from Coco that's oh right right right. Oh yeah, no. Well, well. Wait for it, pal. So she had decided that the thing she wanted, um, as like a treat, because oh, I was gonna get everyone a treat. Um, weekend with dad when I'm not at the office. Um, was headphones. She was like, I really want to get some headphones and yeah. listen to music. And I was like, sure, whatever. And went out and got her some like little kids noise limited headphones. Uh, they were just what she wanted. We brought them home and and set her up with like the iPad or whatever, and showed her how to pick some music. and And she was just like sitting there in the chair by herself, listening to music, and was just immediately totally lost and off in her little world. And I just thought this is a really nice little special moment, you know. Like uh, I just sort of thought I wasn't going to think anything as fucking normy as like, "Hey, I like music too. We have a connection." Uh, <laughs> It's me, the one person who likes music and movies. Um, but I did think to myself, you know, I've spent so much of my life with fucking, you know, headphones on or plugs in or whatever, uh, enjoying music. And it was just really nice to be there at the exact moment that she that she really experienced that for the first time. And I and I even I had a little tear. It was like a, a really a really genuinely nice parenting moment for me, you know. Um, I feel it's a thing that will be etched in my memory. And then the same afternoon, we watched fucking Coco. Mm. And the whole thing is about how special music is and fucking uh, memories of your family and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, God mm. damn it, Coco. God damn it, Pixar. Sounds you got gay. Me. That's Sounds how I get gay. you. I get well, you it was right, a, right there super, in your feelings. It was super gay. Is. The kids had stopped giving a shit about the movie. Uh, and I'm sitting on the couch. <laughs> so, Lucy, what's your recommendation? I forget. What was the question? What are you? What movie or game or TV show or book or whatever the fuck are you enjoying at the moment? I'm obsessed with Anthony Bourdain, the, okay. the chef guy. I'm reading his book. It's very funny. He's into sex and food. He's very good. He goes to, like, every country and eats their food and talks about their political climate. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's on mm-hmm. Netflix. And I'm does playing it, a lot does of Call of jiu-jitsu? Duty. Totally. No, he does no jiu-jitsu. Why would he do that? He absolutely does jiu-jitsu. Does he? Of course doesn't he look like does. He, does he, jiu-jitsu. he looks like a man that rolls. He, he used to be he used to be a heroin addict and now he is a hardcore jiu-jitsu addict. He is just so cool. Mm. Now I've heard that some people find him attractive. Is that right? He's a he's daddy AF. He's... <laughs> Papa. Certainly. Um, but yeah, he gets out there and he and he has a role with like the the best jujitsu dudes in the world. So good on wow. him. Good, good on him for him. having a crack. That's he, actually his he thing. He gets submitted as fuck, obviously. But <laughs> he'll uh, 
he will roll with every chef he meets. That's sort of how he says hello. It's impressive. Just starts yeah. tussling on the kitchen floor. Yeah, chefs that have never done martial arts and haven't been warned. He walks in. <laughs> he immediately puts them in a leg lock. Yep. Just seizes uh, them. And that's uh, that's how best you get to know someone. It's much like uh, the keymaker says. No, not the keymaker. One of the guys in Matrix Reloaded says, "He never truly knows someone until you fight them." Hmm. Well, uh, for the record, the guy who played that character was Yuan Wu Ping, who is the legendary martial arts choreographer who did all the choreography for all the Matrix movies. Seraph. That's yes. the name of the character. There you go. Bam. Uh, and he also directed lots of movies. Uh, he did all the choreography for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, he did all the choreography for Jet Li's fantastic Fist of Legend. Oh, what a gun. Folks, if you want to see where all the <laughs> fight choreography in the Matrix movies came from, go and watch Fist of Legend and be like, wow, just look at these parallels. This is very educational. Hmm. Welcome to hmm. Buddha Vista Socialist Club. Uh, I believe it's a podcast about leftist Australian politics. We, I just want to talk about our favourite movies and stuff all the time. Oh, we got asked, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. A question in there. Exactly. Well, if you'd like some politics, folks, get ready to get a big fucking dose up you. Because uh, here, here's a story that piqued my interest this week. I don't week. think anyone would have said yes to a question phrased in that manner. Yes, would you like me to go elbow deep shoving some politics up you? Uh, yes, how many please. hands how many hands go up in that room? Fist. Yeah. fist how many hands you got? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I saw an article this week in the Sydney Morning Herald from a friend of the show Michael Coziol. Like we're all just we're all just guessing that we're saying that, right? Right? Yeah, yeah okay. I don't know. We better reach out to him and see if we're actually we're, we're doing him a disservice. Uh, but he had an article about a, a, a proposal uh, being debated in a Liberal Party branch this week. And boy, did it jump out at me. So let me take you through this. And I'm going to have to read this article out. And we're going to have to stop literally every sentence to try and just grasp what the fuck is happening. Okay? Sure. Are you guys mm-hmm. are you strapped in? Strapped in. Okay. Taking a big old sip of water. Yes. <clears throat> Allow me to transport you to a branch of the New South Wales Party, which is set to debate the merits of Sharia-style corporal punishment and a radical proposal to make citizens responsible for sentencing criminals rather than judges. Great start. Mm-hmm. Great start, guys. The notoriously hard-right Carlingford branch, under its colourful president, George Popowski, Oh, I well, love colourful people. Yes, that's like the guy sounds like uh, like he's horrific, but you, yeah, you know like when someone's name. a character. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the notoriously right, a hard right Carlingford branch under its colourful president George Popowski will discuss a push to quote straighten out the law and order system end quote by handing sentencing powers to a panel of twenty members of the public with no more than thirty percent from the legal fraternity. Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm always saying? If there's a big problem with the legal system, it's that uh, all the people involved know about the law. Yeah, you know what's worked so well from like minus 10,000 years ago till now is uh, mob rule. 
It's always gone well. It's always gone well. Um, Mr. Popowski, who authored the motion, also urged the reintroduction of corporal punishment, arguing it was the, quote, fairest form of retribution because, quote, we all feel the same pain. Hang on, step back. Who is this guy again? This guy is the president of the Carlingford branch of the New South Wales Liberal Party. So he's I think, like a... F- if I recall his name correctly, is it Dr. Payne? <laughs> <laughs> if you all feel the same pain. Pain Which is I would, I would argue that's also... I would argue that that's also uh, probably not true. No, people have different pain sensitivity thresholds. There are people with chronic insensitivity to pain in which they mm-hmm. don't feel it at all. Hmm. Perhaps uh, you're uh, perhaps you're like one of the people in a movie who's had something happen to them and then they don't feel any more pain, like uh, the guy in Kickass, also known as Kickass in the movie. Does that happen I mean, to the character Kickass? Yes, he gets uh, he gets hit by a car, and then he gets like a bunch of metal plates and shit put in him, and all of his nerve endings are dead, so he doesn't really feel pain anymore. Oh, Does that happen in the first movie? Yes, at the I start of the first movie at all. Were you possibly high when you watched it? No, I was a teen. I was straight edge. Not on purpose, oh. I just didn't really leave the house much. <sighs> I I always forget a previous revelation that you were a Jesus teen. Oh, well, I was a Jesus teen up to a point. So this was after Jesus teen, but before I met uh, my lovely friend, a Mr. Beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know him too. <laughs> Very well. Hmm. So, uh, Dr. Payne has proposed 10 lashes for theft of a t-shirt, 1,000 lashes for stealing a car, but 2,000 if the vehicle is damaged, 5,000 lashes for punching a police officer, and 20,000 lashes for murder. Uh, It doesn't really scale up. It doesn't scale up very well, does it? 2,000 times worse than stealing a t-shirt. But it's four cop punches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my oh, God. There really... is a... It's absolutely wild, isn't it? But, but look, in case you were thinking to yourself, this is ill-considered. How are we meant to apply this punishment? I wasn't surely, thinking that. <laughs> surely if you, if you whip a person 20,000 times, you'll probably kill them. Don't worry. Dr. Payne has a methodology. He says that the flogging should be, quote, delivered at 10 lashes per hour every hour from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with one hour for lunch. (laughs) Okay. So, nine to five, (laughs) eight hours. So, that's 70 lashes a day. Yep. So, let's say you got yourself a 20,000 lash sentence. We're talking 350 lashes a week. Uh, Approximately... What's that, Theo? Is that like 18,000 lashes a year? Go on, Rain Man that shit for us. Theo. Yeah, I was going to say, why would you direct Ben's Rain Manning himself. Do, uh, they, do you get like holidays? Do you get leave? What's what the you, lash union? Yeah, what does that you fall a, under? Meat workers? Got, like the flu, you know? Meat workers. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you are being tenderized at that point. That's fair. So take you. Right, no, we need to kill if you were doing this as a full-time job with weekends off, it'd take you like a year and a couple of months to receive your your sentence for murder, unless my maths is wildly wrong, and there's a very large chance that it is. Mm. 
Um, oh, also, just in case you're wondering, um, the sentence would be doubled for second-time offenders. Oh, this so is going to take a lot of time. Who are, so who's delivering the lashes? Like, mm. Because this is going to take a lot of people. If you've got... For every murder that you have, that's one person tying up the system for an entire year. Yeah, but it's um, uh, but it's like one one lash an hour. Oh, sorry, ten lashes per hour. Yeah, I guess that's starting to get. Oh no, you're right. Okay, so that's per person, but the lasher can probably whip out those ten lashes in like two minutes, and then they're on to another person. So we can probably <laughs> yeah, reasonably the... say they can do the average lasher working full time could do thirty murders a year. Yeah, but does the does the lashy have to like? Do they have to be in custody? Do they have to present themselves? Are we supplying someone to your workplace who stops you every like however many minutes oh, to say you're, you're up for right. another lash? Yeah, because incarceration isn't part of the deal. No, well, he, he, like clearly he seems to think that this would be enough of a deterrent. Um, That's an interesting and, point. And you're not gonna you're not gonna jail people for stealing a shirt, are you? Or are you? Um, but yeah, I don't like, know if they're uh, jailing people at all. It's le- like it's it's a logistical nightmare. Come on, let's be honest. And that's the only problem I can see with it. Although job creation for all the people who who have to like go out to somebody's workplace, give them ten lashes per hour until their sentence is up, and it's only nine to five. So yeah, I guess you would have someone on site. With an yeah, hour I think, for lunch, I feel obviously. Like... <laughs> We're not animals. We're not animals. You get an hour for lunch. I mean, like, after a while, though, you know, people will be rightly pushing for, like, higher wages for the lashes. Um, and then um, uh, all the people uh, on the other side will be saying, well, you know, if you if you pay these people more, um, then we're just going to replace them with machines, uh, which is going to end up anyway. So we'll just have factory lines of whipping machines. machines. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. You well, um, as, and... <laughs> as a friend of the show, J.R. Hennessy, commented on this online, he said, um, imagine, imagine having your lunch break and eating a tuna <laughs> sandwich, knowing that they were going to resume whipping you afterwards. You simply wouldn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's true. He's right. He's right. Uh, so continuing on, Mr. Popowski made headlines in 2016 when he brought a motion to a party conference calling for an immediate ban on all immigration, labelling migrants, quote, criminals, bastards, and jihadists. A separate motion he has authored for next week's branch meeting repeats the call for a ban on immigration and refugees, which he believes is necessary because the country is, quote, broke, end quote, and the roads are, quote, chockers. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy. Um, just for any any international listeners there, uh, Chockers is is an Australian, uh, I guess, Aust- Australianization of or the also Australian, Australian expression, chock full. Or chock a block, as a matter of fact. Yeah. That's bloody stupid. I don't like it. Yeah, but isn't, isn't chock a block like also uh, just a colloquialization of chock full? I don't, I don't think it means I've never heard the words chock full. Oh, I've heard chock full. It's all meaningless. Wow, a podcast of contrasts. <laughs> right? Indeed, indeed. Many cultures. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, one thing's for sure, it's all very silly. 
<clears throat> uh, just so you know, folks, one meaning of chalk in the 19th century was of two things pressed so tightly against each other that they can't move. That's still a meaning of chalk. This led to the nautical term that's the direct origin of the phrase. Anyway, hmm. uh, in an email to his branch members seen by Fairfax Media, Mr. Popowski lamented Australia was, quote, going down the drain, and the education system had been, quote, usurped by lefties, parentheses, communists. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for clarifying. Uh, Mr. Popowski also claimed that half the population was unemployed and global warming due to carbon, monox- carbon dioxide emissions was impossible. It's good to know. He said that under the Paris Agreement on Climate Change, Australia was sending money to, quote, the little Hitlers and layabouts in the islands. What? Fucking hell. What is happening? I'm lost. Break it down for us, Ben. How the fuck would I... No. (laughs) Who Who do you think he means by the little Hitlers and layabouts in the islands? I'm picturing just a very small Hitler. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I think I know what this is. Um, okay, so you know how uh, Hitler didn't commit suicide. He and the high command escaped to Venezuela. Yep. Uh, well, Hitler had a bunch of children. They're now living in islands oh, off the, the coast Hitlers. of South America. The little Hitlers. <laughs> and they're all very lazy uh, because yep. they're living off... Uh, I was about to say stolen Nazi gold, but... I mean, it's just Nazi gold. So I believe that is who he is referring to. Mm. Um, I'm assuming there's a nice tinge of racism here because if we all remember, um, there were people from... Which island nation was it? Was it Papua New Guinea? Was it Tonga? Was it... I'm trying to remember where it was that um, that were like petitioning Australia and other places to do something about, uh, you know, climate change and pollution and stuff because of the sea level rising at such a rate in their small island nations and that was the thing where there was the press conference with um peter dutton and Scamo. scott morrison and well, it was tony oh, abbott at the yeah, time was wasn't it yeah it was tony abbott it's amazing yep and um and peter dutton was uh, in the middle of saying uh, making some jokes about the water lapping at the door of these of these island nations, uh, making some jokes at the expense of the idea of them being swallowed whole by the rising tides. Very charming, uh, man. Yep. Causing uh, one of the other ministers to uh, point out the boom mic directly above his head, catching all the stuff he was saying. He was hot mic'd. Hmm. So I wonder if this comment actually refers to um, what Mr. Popowski sees as the lazy layabouts on islands demanding that we, that we give them money and pretending that uh, climate change is a thing. Whew. I think it's that's exhausting. Well, I think it's, it's so a- good that like we all just walk around with relatively normal brains in our heads and we like struggle with our day-to-day lives, like trying to make enough money to buy a house or buy groceries and all this sort of stuff. And this guy who has a brain full of the bits on the end of the chicken that gets cooked when you defrost it for too long in the microwave, Mm -hmm. just a brain full of that Mm. in like a senior leadership position, totally oblivious uh, and able to just wander around the world in this way. What justice is there? 
Oh, well, no. I mean, um, <laughs> he might not be there for long because we can only assume that... So, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was emails sent to branch members seen by Fairfax, which almost a thousand percent means that someone who wants to see him get kicked out of the branch hmm. leaked the emails to the paper hoping that they would get published and that this man would be disgraced. Yes, uh... Probably on the basis of, check this out, this guy's a raving lunatic. Yes. Uh, yeah, so the incendiary proposals followed a failed push from certain Victorian branches of the Liberal Party to bring back so-called gay conversion therapy, the discredited practice of trying to counsel young people out of same-sex attraction. Uh, that motion, proposed for last month's State Council, was quickly spiked by the President of the Victorian Liberal Party following a backlash. New South Wales Liberal Party President Philip Ruddock said he would not comment on the Carlingford motion and he was sure the party would, quote, deal with it appropriately. Yes, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, appropriate things going on. Mr. Popowski, who runs a business manufacturing parts of the mining industry, big fucking shock right there, said he could not talk to the media because of internal party rules. I'll get a hiding, he said. My lips are sealed. <laughs> uh, look at him, he's being cheeky, isn't he? Just a larrikin. Just another Aussie larrikin. My God. Um, yeah, I mean, I like. I don't know what to make of this sort of stuff because while, while you know, you do have people at the senior levels of the party saying, "Oh well, yeah, they can they can discuss this stuff," and obviously, it won't get up or anything. But like it it kind of makes me think of like a lot of the a lot of the free speech warrior kind of stuff like people who who talk about like you know we can't have any any discussions that are off limits we can't have any things that are taboo to talk about and all that sort of stuff and like to whatever extent you want to consider that stuff fine i don't give a fuck have whatever conversations you like have whatever hypothetical debate club bullshit you want but if if you're like running a branch of a political party, if you're like a, you know, a, a political commentator on the national or world stage or whatever, my question would generally be, are you seriously trying to tell me that you don't have anything of any greater like contribution to public life or the greater good that you could be discussing rather than you know, should we be banning all immigration and giving people 20,000 lashes and... Mm. Uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure that in response to people saying, what the fuck is wrong with this guy, that the defense would be, oh, well, anyone can bring a motion and the party will debate it and then they will deal with it. Shouldn't the fact that this stuff is being, like, talked about at all be a concern to these people? Shouldn't it... Shouldn't they be saying, like, why why are we devoting any measure of our time to these conversations? That's my concern about all the, the super free speech warrior stuff, you know? They're just saying what we're all thinking, though. <laughs> just asking questions. They are just asking questions. They are just asking questions. Um, shouldn't we be psychologically torturing young queer people? Just questions. Just simple questions. Shouldn't we be whipping someone to death over the course of a year? It's just a question. It's just so impractical, isn't it? 
Well, like, like I said, what? Yeah, what are the fucking logistics, the practicalities of this? It's absolutely absurd. All right. Like, so, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if they turned around and said, uh, you know what, we're taking this to the national conference and we want the prime minister to endorse it? Do you think this guy would be like, oh fuck, wait, what? Yeah, I mean, that's it. You have to wonder whether they ever believe they were really going to have to tell this idea to anyone else. With like, all right, okay, so you have the guy with the whip and he's standing in the middle and there's 20 people around him with his backs facing to him. If he does one whip every three seconds, he'll be able to, you know. Well, like, it, yeah, it's, it's just all this sort of stuff that really makes a lot of these kinds of things look to me like nobody involved is actually that serious about them. You know, it's the same as all the, like, the IPA kind of shit. I wrote a paper that says that there should be no taxes. You're like, yeah, okay, what's the... Mm. How's, how's that going to work then? They go, oh, the market will sort itself out. Look, like, if you want to get to the shops, you simply buy a subscription to Roadco. Uh, <laughs> and as long as you have premium, you will get to use the route that takes you to the shops. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous, folks. Um, so, look, let's move on for that because there's something really important that we want to talk about here today. And it's a subject that is, um, it's contentious on the show, but it's near and dear to many of our hearts. That's right, folks. We're talking about polyamory. Yes. Oh, for some Woo. reason, I thought you were going to have a sound effect there. Uh, just the way that you were building the... There we go. That's me booing, booing Polly. Um, <laughs> folks, there was an article that popped up this week. Um, in horrible turd rag news.com.au. Here's the headline. Let me hit you with it. From the age of 12, I knew that monogamy wasn't for me. Oh, I hate you so much. Mm. I hate you so much. It's physically painful. Uh, this is paired with a photo that has been supplied by the author that I can only describe as industrial grade vagina sealant. It's it's just bad stuff. It makes my dick want to crawl up inside itself like an inverted hot dog. Now look, folks, <laughs> you know we know that insulting people based on their appearance is no, not I'm a very nice thing to do. But everything that's wrong with the photos of this guy are a hundred percent things that he has chosen to do, and are not things that are intrinsic to him as a person. Yes. He has just decided to be the most visibly obnoxious person in the entire world that I urge you to give news.com.au those precious clicks just so you can see <laughs> these fucking photos. When, I, Why has he got I, so many hats? Okay, is this... I don't know if this is culturally insensitive to say. I don't care if this is a little uh, anti-PC, but this Ooh. man's hair I can only describe as being like dreadlocks made out of worry locks. <laughs> made out of what? Uh, like you know the, um, uh, fuck, I can't remember what the, the other thing they're called. The that uh, Orthodox Jews have their temples where they let the hair grow oh, out. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, that's he has those, but it's that, but all over head. his head. How easy is it to grow sideburns as a man? Uh, is this a normal thing? Well, like, do you guys shave off your, your sideburns? It depends on how patchy your beard grows. Really, if I grow okay. sideburns, they look like fucking garbage. Uh, some people can grow them. 
I'm sure Andrew could grow a beautiful set of sideburns. I'm sure. Well, could. I could I could just carve out the rest of my beard Certainly. into the shape of You've gigantic a, sideburns if I were so inclined. You have the rich, full beard uh, of a dad. It's connected everywhere. I'm worried because I, I feel like the the hair on the front of my neck is starting to connect up with the hair on the back of my neck. It's just <laughs> filling in at the sides. <laughs> Soon there's just going to be like my ears and just hair, like a full ring of... Yeah, it's no good. It's That's no maybe good, the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out you just keep getting hairier the whole time. Look, I took a me. photo. Not me. I took a photo. <laughs> Hold on, folks. I took a photo of my ass to send to a patron recently. <laughs> I can't remember uh-huh. whether it was. I can't. I cannot remember whether this was as a positive or a negative thing, like whether I was trying to spite them or reward them. I cannot did remember. Did we promise to send a picture of an ass? From- we did. Well, yeah, and then I took. I thought everyone was was, like, was railing for it to be mine. We still are, but where's the ass? You know. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Theo. We don't have a microscopic camera available because you've got a tiny ass. It's toned. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> um, yeah, and I took a I took a photo of my ass, and then I looked at it on my phone, and I went, oh, I can't send that to anybody. It's just, oh, so you, it's too hairy now. It's too hairy now. You didn't send it to them? No, I I looked at it and I just said, that's disgusting to me now. Why don't you drop it into the uh, group chat? Yeah, we'll all just Let us it. make the determination. Yeah, yeah, okay. But like, let us oh, man. make the determination. <sighs> it's starting to look like my brother's ass. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Oh, well, yeah. do you want to read some of that article out? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> Although it's a it's a very good um what is it a, a lead the sub headline oh yeah is that what the lead is <clears throat> when people think of polyamory they tend to think of lots of sex dot 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 but the reality is often quite different <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> all right uh can I can I do a dumb guy voice for this I feel like it's uh, oh your normal your normal voice then hey, yeah. oh, oh, oh. Oh. got him. Oh. <laughs> I'm at the pathologist again. She smiles at me. The usual? I look at the pathology form. My doctor forgot to write out the STI tests. I rush back to him and he scribbles on the page. HIV. Hep. Sip. HSV. The Holden. <laughs> Round two, I say to her. This is our ritual. How many girlfriends this time, she asks. She, she absolutely not. did not she ask that. This not. exchange did not occur. Imagine this man someone... has never had an STI <laughs> Imagine someone at a fucking clinic saying to you, so how many people are you having sex with right now? Like the fucking girl at reception. Absolutely not. Although, full of shit. I will concede that it is very likely that he has told them that he has yes. lots of girlfriends apropos yep. of nothing. That's true. He By the way, I'm Polly. The Sorry, what? Oh, I, I meant hello. If you're wondering why I'm getting so many uh, tests for diseases uh, in my junk, it's because I'm Polly. If you're wondering why I come in here bi-weekly, it's, um, yeah. Uh, how many girlfriends this time? She doesn't ask. I pretend to count on two hands. Three and a half right now, I say. And she laughs. It's a cute little dance we have going on. I'll be back for the usual in about two months. 48 hours, I'm collecting the results. I text my partners, all good, to let them know I got the all clear. I don't feel anxiety myself, but one of my partners, Annie, likes the peace of mind that comes with the routine rests. 
I've always known that monogamy wasn't for me. Probably from when I was 12. Fuck off. Mm. Absolutely didn't. Absolutely. No, you did like, not. Number one... Like, imagine imagine actually giving serious consideration to the concept of a sexual relationship at the age of 12, let alone, gee, when I'm in a relationship, I wonder if the other person will expect it to be monogamous, because that doesn't feel quite right to me. Mm. Fucking absolutely not. Do not believe this in the slightest. Uh, I didn't even seek relationships until I was 15, but I oh knew that I wouldn't want to be trapped without a diverse support network. That sentence is so fucking... Like, what fucking, like, 13-year-old is like, yeah, I'm looking for serious relationships. Time what? to have a relationship. You don't... You just want to fucking... You don't even think about that. You're just chasing hand jobs at that point. <laughs> yes, like... Yeah, at that age, I was like, imagine kissing somebody. And that was about it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> it's before dinner on our regular Wednesday night and I'm sitting on the couch with Annie, cuddling and having a catch-up about our week. She saw Chris this week. They've been together about two years. Now, I have so many fucking points in this I want to dispute. So, Chris is the opposite of me, heavily introverted, needs a lot of time to himself. They work well with a low-pressure relationship. Too much contact and they stress each other out. They catch up about once a fortnight for dinner, cuddles, probably more. It's lovely to hear that they're going well. I'm I don't have sounds. to ask much. I don't like the frequency with which he's mentioned cuddling. To me, cuddling is like... A, it's just like you cuddle when you're in a relationship. I don't think of it as a specific action. That I'm like, oh, I reckon we might cuddle this evening. It just kind of happens. Checking my like watch to see if cuddling. it's cuddling time. Yeah. yeah. You just, if you sit near each other or fucking whatever, you'll cuddle. You don't do it as a specific activity. That's fucking weird. That's weird. Uh, I don't have to ask much. It's none of my business, but it's always good to know that someone I care about is happy. Now, just right off the bat, like, I I hear this and it's it's like, yeah, Chris is the opposite of me. He's introverted, needs a lot of time to himself, uh, wants a low-pressure relationship, doesn't want too much contact or he gets stressed out. They catch up about once a fortnight for uh, cuddles probably more. This sounds a lot to me like this girl... Um, has a booty call with this dude once a fortnight and that's been happening for about two years. That's the guy yep. that's just really dicking her down. Yeah, this dude is just like, hey, I'm actually not interested in having a relationship with you, but you can come around like once every couple of weeks and I will fuck you and then get out of my house. Uh, like, uh, yeah, sounds like a great relation, a great long-term relationship she's got going with this introverted guy who doesn't like contact with her. <laughs> I tell Annie that I had dinner with Diane and her parents on Monday night. Diane hasn't told her parents she's Polly yet, but she's not feeling any pressure. She's still learning how or even if she wants to label herself. There are too many types of relationship once the door opens to non-monogamy. Diane had another boyfriend, but he let her know he wasn't up for dating right now. They're friends, and from time to time they might sleep together, but it's not, quote, a relationship. She's deciding if she eventually wants to try to find another boyfriend, but she said she's in no rush. So again, you got a, a girl who's seeing a guy who doesn't want a relationship, 
Uh, he's not up for dating, but they still see each other every now and then to fuck. Okay, I'm sensing a pattern here. Uh, girls who think they're in a relationship with guys who fuck them every now and then. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know I'm approaching this with absolutely the most cynical viewpoint possible. I'm waiting for someone to jump in and tell me how wrong I am. Oh, look, that'll come at the end when I give the, you know, empathetic, lovely take the, on this after you, okay. you know. I'm excited for spirited poly defense. Right, uh, let's not go that far. I'm always open about my relationships if asked, but my grandma doesn't exactly know all the logistics. Okay. Uh, questions are always welcome. It's a great opportunity for discussion about what's normal for society, the narrative we're expected to live by, and what it feels like to break expectations. Oh. <laughs> I bet it feels really cool. Like, I bet he just wakes up every morning and he's like, oh, so many expectations for broken. sure. Imagine putting your face to this article. And several times. Several times. That face. Gotta that show outfit. off these hats. Gotta show off these hats. I love waking up every morning and just going, oh, shattering boundaries. God. Uh, sometimes I get just everything's the worst. Sometimes I do get the sense that an individual is not going to be open to my lifestyle. Ah, he called it a lifestyle, Ben. Remember that. I, I don't <laughs> drink. I don't drink, so my dates tend to look something like going out for cake. I was walking to cake with a new prospect. Don't call women you want to have a relationship a prospect. Mm, they do, though. These people. Those people. <laughs> you people. Okay, well, let's not go that far. You people. Is it fair to call him a prospector? Is that what he is? <laughs> oh, my God. Truly terrible. Well, he is um, using a divining rod. <laughs> ah, no. I was walking to cake with a new prospect, Francis, when she asked, so what did you get up to today? Truthfully, I told her that I visited my friend and mentioned that he wanted a chat because he and his wife had recently decided to open up their relationship. She stopped dead in the street, her hand covering her mouth. Oh, I could never do that. She squealed. She's not as open-minded as you, bro. Both cake and company were delicious, but brief. Oh. Polyamory is not for everyone. Don't call company delicious. Mm. No, unless, unless he's meaning to suggest that he fucked this lady on one date and then ditched her. Uh, and that would Bella and make I, it good? No, it's, they're both bad, don't worry. Oh, okay. Uh, Bella and I have been seeing each other on and off for about three years. She once told me she felt polyamory was for her since she was six. Oh, Fuck she did off. not. Oh, my God. Absolutely did not. Like, at six, you're still undecided whether or not balloons are for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That is just not true. Just, like, yeah, just the the idea that anybody had said, like... Yeah, I was six and thinking about just rooting multiple people. That was just on my mind as a six-year-old. Because yep. it's normal. Well, imagine thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, I, I would like to be in some form of a relationship at some point, but it definitely couldn't just be with one person. I have too much love to give. Just a six-year-old <laughs> scratching their chin so about love. relationship dynamics. <laughs> so well. fucking full of shit. And this is my... All right, so, so this is my concern about this stuff, where, or at least what makes me skeptical or critical of it, and this is what I was talking to you guys about the other night, where what makes me uncomfortable in every piece of extremely vocal pro-poly stuff 
is that people always want to seem to use the same language to frame their conception of poly that people use to talk about coming to terms with like gender identity and sexual identity at a young age. So when you're talking about people either having, you know, realizations about their trans identity at a really young age and thinking, oh, well, everybody tells me I'm a boy, but I'm quite sure I'm a girl. Or everybody tells me I'm supposed to like girls, but I'm only interested in boys. And I knew from a really young age that I was gay. And people seem to be really desperate to cast this in the same light of a sexual identity or orientation when... Like the the reality to me is that this these are just choices about how you conduct relationships, and people seem to be really desperate to cast it in this light of a. It's something I was destined to be from this extremely young age, and like we're all saying, fuck off. Yeah. No, fucking nobody was thinking this at six years old. You are <laughs> retconning the shit out of this to try and make it sound like anybody who's you know critical of your quote unquote lifestyle or whatever. Is, is being, like, bigoted or discriminatory in the same way that they would be if they said, oh, no one knows at six that they're gay or no one knows at ten that they're gay. And whole, it's, it's that whole angle on this stuff that makes me very uncomfortable with how any of these articles are framed. Yeah, it's it's definitely... It's closer to a skill than it is an attribute, right? Like, it's not an int- intrinsic quality like people would definitely be more inclined one way or the other based on their personality or whatever but this is like a i think you could take a monogamous person and i don't know through you know building up trust and communication and blah 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 and all that could eventually get to a point where they'd be comfortable dating other people you can't learn to be gay i reckon you could learn to be poly and i will be instructing yeah. everyone <laughs> well yeah and that's uh, i'm I feel the same. I look at it and I go, the, like, everything that they're describing is simply choices you have made about the kinds of relationships you would like to have. Everything they're talking about is just some variation on open relationships. Hmm. And that's fine. Like, fucking do that if you want to. That is it's absolutely fine. fine. Like, uh, that, that is in no way, shape or form my, my criticism. Like, if you, if you have fucking, you know, someone that you date and sleep with and you got a side piece and somebody else that you see every now and then and you want to be open with them all about it and try and keep them all going, fucking go for it. But the idea of trying to cast it as, I knew from birth that I simply could not sleep with just one person. Because, like, yeah, wh- like, what... What happens if you're if you're only able to find one person at any given time who wants to be in a relationship with you? Do you magically stop being poly? Are you only officially poly if you're sleeping with more than one person at well, a time? I like, think mm. they do define it. A, a lot of them seem to define it as like a as a sexuality, as in like the same way that uh, you know you're still bisexual if you're dating a woman or whatever. They you know they'd still be poly if they're dating one person. It's just they're you know. Currently except, not. except that I would also argue that uh, most like most bi people that I know who are in a I, I guess an an outwardly cis relationship if that's the right way to describe it um, are also reasonable about the fact that like they understand that if someone were to look at them and go oh a a man married to a woman having a heteronormative relationship 
uh, or you know dating or whatever I'm just wildly assuming that these people are straight and in a relationship well, that's ridiculous like, I don't assume that any single person is straight at all every single person is bisexual until they explicitly tell me otherwise yeah that's fine but like you know is like is it a thing that you know do, like would would you get really mad and scream at someone about bi erasure if they if they went oh you're dating this lady over here and you live together long term uh i i'm just guessing that's your deal would you be like how dare you not assume that i'm poly yeah oh. how dare you poly erase me <laughs> i mean uh, uh, this is a whole other thing but there was that thread that was going around of uh a poly person who was uh annoyed that uh, <laughs> Stardew Valley was yeah, that the game Stardew oh, Valley if you're dating all 10 people or is it, I, if, I if, if, if you date if you date all of the male and female bachelors at the same time they all have a meeting um, where they cross at you for not telling yeah, that they will all get together and say, how could you not tell us that you were dating all of us at once? And they were very mad because they were like, up until this point, I was dating multiple of both people and the game allows you to just, you know, pretend that whatever you're doing in the game, you can impose your own narrative on it. Well, it's sort of, it's funny about, we were talking about like lifestyle before because a line from that is like a line that you can choose of dialogue. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, it's a lifestyle choice. And that made... With uh, with quote marks around lifestyle. And this made this person uh, extremely unhappy about about this. Uh, But yeah, like it's, the whole thing's a big, it's a big mystery to me. You guys might've figured that out by now. Yeah. Um, It looks like we've probably run out of time with the rest of the article. So I just want to note that we got... Or at least I got when I was tweeted a screenshot of this thing, and several people tell me that they know this specific person. Me too. Several people messaged me saying they either went to primary school or university with him. Yeah. So, two people told me that he was a bit of a creep, uh, and then another two people. One of them told me that uh, he used to bring his llama to school, <laughs> of uh, which course. sounded quite of insane course. in isolation. But then the another person told me that one time they got a lift from a party with him or something, and then he like apologized for the smell, saying, "Sorry, I've had goats in the car." <laughs> I look, and there's this. This brings to mind another thread. I I wound up thinking to myself, I wonder if Polly is basically basically like the the sexuality equivalent of the stereotype about vegans, you know. Mm. Um, people only being obnoxious on the basis of whether or not they have to make sure that you know about it. And everything else that I've heard about this guy and everything that he talks about here makes me go, oh, um, you seem like the sort of person who is constantly seeking to, um, you know, parade external factors as a substitute for a personality. Uh, you seem like the sort of person who uh, went through a phase where you smoked a pipe. Oh, um, absolutely. We we have seen the photos that you supplied for this piece. A different fedora in every one. Oh, there was a, uh, a bowler hat, a fedora. Uh, possibly a too, Way too many configurations of facial hair. These are all things that scream out to me. Um, maybe if I try on these different affectations, they will give the they will give the illusion of me being an interesting person. Well, I, I would also like to note that there was a minority report, uh, and that one guy who follows me did tweet at me, being like, 
Oh, come on, man. I know that dude, and he's actually quite lovely. So, look, we don't know the whole story, but the way he's decided to present himself in this article, which he a thousand percent would have pitched because he's not a celebrity, so I can't imagine anyone would approach him about it, uh, is absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I would also note... Uh just in this article as well, that when he's when he's talking about one of his other people, uh, Bella, one of his other partners, they're out to dinner. She starts telling me about Eric, a German guy she's been dating for about a year. Whenever I meet him, we end up talking about economics for hours. Oh, fuck, I saw that. Jesus. He's been traveling for work and is about to leave again for a few months. Bella says she's finding it hard being long distance. We order our food and start talking about what's gone wrong with Eric. At first, I think Bella is simply feeling fed up because he's heading away again, but something different is troubling her. She tells me that he was down in Melbourne last week when he reconnected with an old flame. That was fine, she tells me. She's a nice girl. Bella's met her several times, and the two of them even FaceTime from time to time. But Eric and his ex went to a restaurant called Pastuzzo that Bella's been telling Eric she wants to try for months. She had some twinges of something. Jealousy? This was a special thing between Bella and Eric. At least it wasn't Bella's eyes. She says, and he went and took someone else there, resentfully. <sighs> she says she's feeling bad about resenting the situation, but also that she can't help how she feels. She tells me she knows it's okay to feel upset about it. I nod. She's <laughs> she says she's needing to share something special with Eric, and him taking someone else to the restaurant hasn't fulfilled her need for a special connection. Sometimes she describes these particular frustrations as her, quote, monogamy hangover. I like that. It's just, like I said, everything, everything about all of these things as they are described to me just go, just make me go. It's, it's all just people who've gone, hey, I, I have several different things going on at any one time and I'm trying to maintain them concurrently and having completely normal feelings about them, like... Yeah, yeah like, that's not a monogamy hangover. That's someone was being kind of a bit inconsiderate. That's not fucking monogamy hangover at all. That's being like, oh, hey, maybe don't fucking do that. Yeah, but it's also a reflection of the concept that, like, relationships are intimate and personal, like, and not just automatically completely interchangeable. Uh, I guess, yeah, like, like I said, there is nothing in any of the things that have been described, apart from, like I said, the other ones which are all, like, guys who are basically like just fuck off until i call you to come around for sex uh which doesn't quite sound like <laughs> like an open-minded very communicative poly relationship um but yeah like all of all of the things described there's nothing special or unique about any of them the only thing that imparts any sense of like what it means to be poly is always this made-up shit of people saying when i was two i knew that i couldn't possibly conduct a long-term meaningful monogamous relationship with only a single person and <gasps> no you didn't no you did folks look at the pictures of them outrageous anyway <sighs> what what a terrible terrible article just and he wrote it himself come on man I hate it. I'm very, very mad about it. I'm very angry. Mm. Can you hear my anger? I can. And we, we should all be mad about it. I'm a viciously angry person. Mm. Folks, that just about does it for us. We're running a little bit over even. Uh, so, if you would like extra episodes of this show on which we are talking 
You can find us over on patreon.com forward slash Vista. And for the price of one expensive Australian coffee per month, uh, you could have an extra episode every week. So cheap. If, yeah, I think it's cheap. And I think we have the best fun on these ones. It's true. And some people choose to uh, pay even more and become wives of the show, like uh, beautiful Simon Patrick Cantwell, a new wife of the show. Mm, handsome people do that. Hello, yes, Simon. Yes. Hello, Connor Stokes, wife of the show. We're just shouting people out now. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but that's mainly because we didn't leave enough time to do their letters. So, huh. sorry. We'll do them on the old bonus episode. Have we, uh, we got a crime pass? Oh, your crime pass is to violently wedgie the poly man. Just the one poly man. If you see him around, give him just a Just that wedgie. guy. Steal his hat. Please steal his yeah, hat. Yeah, actually, I might maybe drop it from assault to minor theft. Uh, definitely, if you see the poly man, take his fucking hat. Uh, tear it in half and then give him back mm. the hat. Nice. And then nice. you say, why don't you have a relationship with these two hats? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, if you feel like leaving us a review on iTunes, five stars only. Five stars, am I right, folks? Yeah. I mean. That's yeah. really weak laugh. That's it is laughable. The crowd loves it. The crowd loves it. They're they're cheering. They're they're all they happy love about us. It. Uh, and is that is that is that it? Oh, merchandise. We got merchandise. Puttavista.com slash merchandise. Yeah, wear our sick merch. Yeah. You look very uh, handsome in it. You look just dashing. Type in, type Can't in be honest. They will. I think any man in a Bunta Vista shirt oh, would be uh, very sexy he, to me. He can get it. He can get it. I just want everyone to know that we're not making Lucy say any of this. It, if anything, we're actively trying to <laughs> discourage try her. We're trying to stop her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, dear. All right, folks. I think we'll leave it there. Love and kisses to each and every one of you. Smooch, smooch. Polly style. Polly kisses. Mm. Polly kisses for everybody. They sound like Do it, Theo. 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 Do some kisses. Kiss. I'm absolutely not doing poly kisses. Oh, <laughs> just a couple. No. I'll They're be turning off my mic kisses. in five minutes and doing mono kisses. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it. Your wife has mono. All right. <laughs> Is See that contagious? <laughs> yes, very look, much. Look <laughs> kissing disease? <laughs> it's literally called the kissing disease. Is it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye, folks. <laughs> Bye, folks. Theo's going to go learn about kissing. <laughs> Bye. Too. I'm, oh, I'm fine. Bye, Theo. <laughs>